Hello and welcome back to the Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Anna Marsh, and in this episode, I'm going to share my fatigue recovery story. And just full disclosure, I haven't planned anything. I'm just going to talk freely and hopefully share from the heart. And um, before I go into everything, I guess I wanted to say that often for me personally, and maybe for many people as well, it can feel really self-indulgent having this platform just to talk about yourself. And so in some ways, I feel like it can be quite cathartic actually to share one story. And in the same time, there's a lot of self-judgment thinking, well, who would be interested in this? And is this just a a self-indulgent way to express myself? And so um, I'm just going to go for it, I think. And what I would say is that every single person's story um, is different. And I know in my own recovery, I would read stories maybe from other people or listen to other recovery stories. And I would think maybe there's certain stories that really resonated with me. And then there's parts of stories that maybe resonated with me. And then there's other stories where I used to think, well, that person's 10 years younger than me, or that person had a post-viral fatigue and I didn't have a post-viral fatigue. So it's not relevant to me. So I would encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're committed to listening to the rest of this episode, to notice how you respond to the content and um, take what serves you, discard what doesn't, and come in with an element of curiosity because there may be some lessons and insights which will help you reflect on your own story and there could be something in here today that helps you move the needle forward with your own fatigue recovery journey so from my heart to yours I just want to say that I really hope that there is something here today that can be of value to you and if not hopefully there will be more value in future episodes. So the first thing that I guess I wanted to say and express was that I had my first fatigue experience quite young when I was nine years old. I had um, been sitting at the dining room table on a Sunday night doing my homework And then I lay down on the floor and I just said to my mom, I can't, I'm too tired. And it wasn't that I was trying to get out of doing my homework, like most nine-year-olds probably would be on a Sunday night, but there was just a feeling of lethargy and exhaustion in my body, which I suspect at the time was emotional to a certain extent. Obviously at the time I didn't know that. Um, There was a lot of family stress going on. My parents were separated and getting divorced. Um, There were some other dynamics going on in the home, which made life a little bit stressful. Um, And there was just a lot going on for a nine-year-old girl who maybe didn't know how to manage the emotional enormity of the situation. And nobody knew what was wrong with me. I took a month of school and went to various different doctors. And I was eventually diagnosed, rightly or wrongly, I'll never know, with nephritis, which is inflammation of the kidneys. And I think I was put on a lot of antibiotics and medications. I had to take time off school and rest. And eventually I was building up my school hours. So I would go for the morning and then I would go until lunchtime and then eventually stay for the 
full school day and I wasn't allowed to do any sports or anything like that. So um, I did sort of recover over the course of six months. I had a relapse a few months later and just went through the same process again of resting and then building myself back up. And then all was well for a really long time. I was a very normal maybe not even normal, probably very high achieving child, very A-type personality, academic, um, high achieving in school, got good grades, all of that. I was never really good at sports, but I enjoyed exercise, swimming and running and um, aerobics classes. And that's actually what fueled my um, interest in my first degree, which was human kinetics and ergonomics. I had always had an interest in nutrition because when I was diagnosed with nephritis, I was given some really bad advice, which was to eat lots of carbohydrates to increase my energy levels. And as you can imagine, um, that increase in carbohydrates ended up being donuts and ice cream and packets of crisps and it wasn't very good for me and I probably gained about two stone over the course of a few months and um, went straight into puberty at nine years old. So there was also a lot of body image stuff shall we say thrown in the mix there and my body changed very quickly. It felt very out of control at a time in my life where there was a lot of emotional change happening in the household. And I think I just wanted to lose weight and be a normal child. And because of that, I developed an interest in nutrition. So the plan was always from a young age to study nutrition, but that wasn't available in the hometown where I lived. Both my parents worked for the local university. Education was essentially free because of that, which was a huge privilege. And therefore, it made sense for me to go to the local university and study human kinetics and ergonomics, essentially sports science and biochemistry, so that I would be set up with the foundations should I later want to do further nutrition studies. So that's what I did. Had a very typical university lifestyle, lots of partying, lots of late night drinking, not eating very well, but still very much interested in sport and still doing very well academically. But by the time those university years came to an end, I knew that nutrition was still my passion. And the opportunities available in South Africa at the time were limited. And I was, <laughs> I was off, um, I was busy completing my honors project and I was struck down with appendicitis and I was bed bound in the recovery after having my appendix removed. And so lying in bed, not able to do anything or go anywhere, my thoughts began to think about the future and what I wanted to do next. And I got on Google and I started researching and I research, started to research um, nutrition courses in the UK. And I found a course that I really wanted to do. I just read the prospectus and I was like, this is everything that I've wanted to study my whole entire life. And little did I know at the time it was based on functional medicine or the functional medicine model. 
So I'm very fortunate. My mum is uh, English. My dad is South African. I have a British passport. So the idea of moving to England to study wasn't as daunting as it would maybe be for someone else. So I had a call with the university and um, I made plans to start the course online distance learning from home for a year in South Africa and then the year after that moved to the UK to complete the practical elements the elements that couldn't be done via distance learning this was before zoom and all the fantastic technology we have today so um, this was 2007 I began that degree so quite a while ago now and um, I had to travel to the UK to do certain aspects they used to post me DVDs of the content all the way to South Africa because there was no online learning platform at that point in time. Anyway, slight digression. So I moved to the UK in 2008 and, you know, when you're young, you just make decisions and you do things because you don't think so much about the consequences. And I think that maybe in some ways that's a good thing because you you think more about what can go right as opposed to what can go wrong and therefore you take risks and you take leaps of faith and that was definitely what I had done but when I landed in the UK there was also the reality of just finding somewhere to live of finding a job I was the plan was that I would work as a personal trainer in a gym so that I had the flexibility to work and earn a living to support myself but then the the flexible time if I needed to take a day off to attend a training or do coursework and I could study you know in between and the hours when I wasn't working with clients but it was a very full-on job because you work first thing in the morning sometimes until last thing at night so some days I would leave the house at 5 30 in the morning and I would get back at half past 9 10 and um, just sort of fall asleep wake up and do it all over again so that was you know a huge strain that was starting to take its toll on my body Um, in addition to that it's just stressful I think living in a foreign country which is culturally different you don't have the support network and the connections you might have in your own country Um, and then the financial pressures of running your own business in a country where you don't have a support network and you don't have the connections and you're trying to study and all on top of that so there was a lot going on and the signs definitely started to show in my body and had a lot of IBS type symptoms and I think you know given all the antibiotics I took due to the supposed nephritis diagnosis as a child um, my gut has always probably been a bit of a weak point and um, that there are a lot of IBS symptoms brain fog hormonal imbalances my skin which is never I've never had bad skin but my skin was just starting to break out a little bit more and just extreme fatigue and It wasn't enough, I think, to be called chronic fatigue syndrome at that point in time, but I was tired. I was very, very tired and life was hard and it was a slog. But 
fortunately, I was studying health. I was studying nutrition. I was learning about functional medicine, even though I didn't know it at the time. And I was able to start to do things to support my body. I was able to balance my blood sugar. I was able to take supplements to support my digestion. I used herbs to support my adrenal glands. Um, I worked on lifestyle components. So I found a place to live where I felt that I could be more settled and more rested. And as time went on, I bought the, um, I built those important support connections that we all as human beings need. And it did take some time. It took a good, I'm just thinking it was sort of 2009, 2008, 2009, through probably until 2011. So a good two or three years to really find my feet and cultivate a good stable sense of energy and well-being again. And that also came hand in hand with me discovering CrossFit in in the very early days before CrossFit was so mainstream. And I loved it. It really appealed to my competitive nature and I would push myself very hard physically. And um, it was fantastic from the community aspect. I made so many friends and connections and I really felt like I was part of something, which was something very important that had been missing when I had first moved to London. Um, But I think it was also really, really intense and I would frequently get a bit run down, get some colds and flus, you know, just kind of, um, I think my immune system was still a little bit compromised at the time. And I remember I was just about to do my first big CrossFit competition and I had been training so hard for this competition and then the week before I was just struck down with the most awful flu and honestly I don't think I have been that ill since that day it was a proper flu with a you know body pain and fever and fatigue and all of those things that we would associate with a full-blown flu And obviously it's not nice to have a flu. It's not nice to have those experiences, but actually the ability of the body to generate a strong fever is a sign of a healthy and robust immune system. So there's a reason why I share this is because I had that flu or I got that flu on the Sunday and I was due to compete by the Saturday. And by Saturday I was feeling okay, but I wasn't fully recovered And I pushed my body to complete the competition because I had been training so hard for it and I didn't want to not compete. But in hindsight, which is always 2020, I think back now and I think I probably that was kind of like a small little beginning of the end kind of thing because I think I pushed my body too hard when it wasn't ready. And I remember it taking quite a few weeks after that competition for me to feel like I could train again and feel like I could exercise again. And then from that point in time, I'd say the wheels started to come off a little bit and I started to develop like some niggling injuries and By the end of that year, I remember taking time off for Christmas and I had like mouth ulcers and just like aches and pains in my body and I just wasn't feeling very good. So there were those kind of niggling symptoms kind of creeping back in. 
And, you know, it was nothing major, nothing, you know, when you're busy and you're young and you're doing things, you just sweep these things under the rug and you keep on going. And it wasn't something that was impacting my life in a huge way. And so I just kept on going. And then I was offered the opportunity to do my master's degree in personalized nutrition. And I took that opportunity up. And so again, I was working and I was studying um, and it was, you know, things that I enjoyed, but it was, um, it was still a lot um, to be taking on. And then and additionally, additionally, I was training very hard. So that went on for a period of time and I met my now husband, Ben, and we decided that we wanted to move to where I live now, which is the southwest coast of England um, in Poole. And um, 2014, we decided to make the move. I had just finished my master's. Um, I had been working at taking my business online to prepare for the move because prior to that, I'd had a very physical in-person practice. And now I needed to take things online so that as we moved, I would still have a job. And so that all happened. And in some ways, that was a really great move. I love being on the Southwest Coast. I love living by the beach. I was never really into the big city. And I think that was something that was also quite a lot of stress and strain on my nervous system. But at the same time, there were a lot of additional challenges that came with taking my business online. There was new technology that I needed to learn. There's this idea, you know, you're your work is always just there on your laptop or your phone. And, you know, it's very easy to be too available to people all the time. And I had invested all of my savings in working with a business mentor because I realized I didn't know what I was doing and I needed help. So although that was a fantastic investment, it really helped me grow my business and achieve a lot of business success. Um, there was also a lot of pressure to make things work. And, you know, I was learning so much so quickly, growing so much so quickly. And it was amazing. But at the same time, it was also just a lot. And that was probably the trend for the next couple of years. So at that point in time, because of my background in fitness, I started an online weight loss program and the program was really successful. I think in the best year in business, um, we, well, I, we turned over 180,000 pounds um, and that was with a small team. So there, I had a, an assistant, um, full-time assistant and, and sales representative who worked for me. I had a coach who worked with me. I had a, you know, various contractors, you know, designers, uh, someone to help me with Facebook ads, various bits and bobs. And I was also investing a lot of the money that was being made back into the business and also into my own education education and skill set. So I was running this business, traveling to America to do my functional medicine training, also running retreats. And so traveling to Italy and Bali and, um, you know, upholding the business day to day, which was also a lot of pressure. And so there was just so much going on. I think um, even though the business was earning good money, it felt like just as soon as the money was coming in, it was also going out. And therefore, 
I constantly felt in financial scarcity. There was always a pressure every month to make sure we onboarded enough new clients um, to kind of keep the machine, keep feeding the machine of the business. And I think that was a really big thing that started to take its toll on my body. At the same time, all the international travel, the jet lag, I was pushing myself very hard in the gym. And um, there was an emotional component of running the business as well. I was working with women who wanted to lose weight. A lot of them, um, you know, really struggling with their bodies, their body image. And as someone who is very highly sensitive and caring, um, it was a lot to hold those emotional experiences of others because that was actually something that I still needed to learn to do for myself. So often when we run our own business, it shows us the lessons that we need to learn. And I had a lot of lessons I needed to learn around and I still do have a lot of lessons I need to learn around, you know, people pleasing, setting good boundaries, work-life balance, taking on the um, emotional energies of other people. So all of those things were also invisible stresses, you know, the inability to set boundaries, constantly trying to help others at the expense of my own self-care and, um, you know, people pleasing, poor boundaries, all of that, that was something that was kind of silently also creating wear and tear on my system. So I had the financial stress, those hidden emotional stresses, the stress of travel and disruption to my circadian rhythms, um, imbalances that were probably kind of niggling away at my body from before, like gut imbalances. Um, and then the stress of just like pushing myself hard in the gym and training very hard. And throughout this whole time, you know, I ate well. So it wasn't like I had a bad diet. I was definitely eating well to support my body. When I wasn't, you know, straddling time zones, I was good at making my sleep a priority. I slept well. I was into yoga. I was into meditation. Um, I found Joe Dispenza in 2017 and I loved Joe Dispenza and I would do his hour-long meditations and I attended his three-day retreat. So it wasn't like I wasn't taking care of myself. There were There was a lot that I was doing to support my body but there was also a lot of stress on my body. And something that I also probably now only realize in hindsight is I think when we first moved down to Poole, Bournemouth in 2014, we temporarily lived in a home which I think possibly had mold. And it's actually from that point in time that I started to get these little niggles of fatigue and feeling a little bit more flu-like after training a little bit too hard. And um, I'll never know for sure, but I wonder if I had put it down to the stress of everything going on at the time, but I wonder if that's when I had a mold exposure I also had a bout of um, sort of gastric flu about the same time. And then it was kind of my whole system. I like to think of it as circling the drain. So my system began to circle the drain from that point onwards. And I wasn't ignoring my body completely. I did, um, you know, various testing. I was taking supplements. I was working on supporting my gut. 
But what I didn't have at the time was a framework for really understanding what was going on. And I'll talk about this framework in more detail in future episodes. And what I know now, what I say with my clients is that when someone experiences a chronic fatigue and a burnout, it's usually because the system is being worn down over time. And there's often one big thing, which is the straw that make, breaks the camel's back, not always, but often it's a collection of things. And this collection of things is essentially what I'm sharing with my story as I share it with you so you can understand my unique connection or collection of things but your collection may look totally different and once we've got these sort of different things which are wearing down the system over time it's like dominoes so different body systems begin to become dysfunctional because it's trying to make adjustments so that you can continue going, so that you can cope, so that you can survive. And so that's where these little clues come in, like the digestive imbalances, the hormone imbalances, the immune system niggles. They're all just little, little signs which are showing you that your body needs some attention and care. And unfortunately, I couldn't see the bigger picture of all of the loads on my body. And therefore, I was just going in at the sort of surface level and thinking, oh, well, I'll fix my gut or I'll take some supplements for my adrenal glands instead of thinking whoa there's a lot of pressure on me here what do I need to change within myself and what do I need to change in terms of lifestyle and business that will really support my body I was just kind of trying to put band-aids or plasters over the wounds instead of really get to the bottom of what was going on so this pattern continued um, for a number of years. And then I remember in 2016, I, it had been a really big year for me. I had got married. Um, I had done various international travel. Ben and I were in the process of buying our first flat. And I just got back from a trip to Japan. So lots of jet lag. And um, I just never felt the same after that trip. And I started to just feel really fatigued and foggy and just demotivated which wasn't like me at all I was a very like high energy driven person very focused and I just didn't have that anymore but it wasn't that bad it kind of just like waxed and waned and waxed and waned and I'd go back to the gym and then I would take some time off or then I would do too much and I would feel really like foggy and inflamed but then I'd rest a bit and it would be okay for a bit so I was kind of just keeping on going, but never taking that big step back to see the bigger picture and say, what is really going on here? And I thought I had it all sorted. I was eating well, I was sleeping well, I was doing loads of meditation and yoga, but just nothing seemed to be giving me the real traction that I needed. So that was 2016, and this pattern continued through 2017, 2018, each year just getting like a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And then eventually, at the beginning of 2019, I went to Sri Lanka. I took a month out of my business, which was a really big deal for me, and I spent a month in Sri Lanka doing my yoga teacher training. And that was 
an incredible experience. I had, I was mindful of this tendency towards fatigue, but actually taking the month out, being in the sunshine, the fresh air, meeting wonderful people, and just doing yoga was really good for me. My diet, just because of what was available at the time, wasn't very good. And my sleep wasn't very good, I think, because of my diet. But otherwise, the experience was really positive. But when I came back, and then I almost felt like I've taken all of this time out. Now I really need to hit the ground running and you know do everything and get back into business and start earning money again. Then um, and that's when the wheels just started to fall off. I just couldn't seem to cope with re-entering my life as it was and um, eventually that's when I went to the doctor I had the symptoms for chronic fatigue syndrome printed out from the NHS website and I kind of knew what it was I knew had I knew I had pretty much all of them and I just didn't know what to do I just felt like I needed some help and being trained in functional medicine and in nutritional therapy and I did kind of feel a little bit skeptical about going to the doctor and what they could do to help me and but it was also really scary to be experiencing what I was experiencing and not really know what to do and where to turn because I felt like I was doing so much already to support my body and so went to the doctor ugly cried in the doctor's office. She was very sweet. She said, you know, are you experiencing a bit of stress right now? And I was like, no, I'm not stressed. And a classic, you know, I was completely disconnected from what was really going on. Um, I was very stressed and obviously experiencing that experience is stressful inherently. Anyway, the doctor ran some tests and this will be very familiar to all of you, which is they're pretty much all normal. There were like one or two markers which were off, I think maybe like my neutrophils or white blood cells, one of the um, full blood count markers. And they just said, come back in six to eight weeks. Did that, retested, everything was fine. And um, at that point in time, I just almost jumped ship on the diagnosis process because I think when you're overwhelmed with what's happening to your body and you have to show up at appointments and kind of like advocate for yourself to get the appointments and get tested I just felt like I don't need to know that this is a thing or that I have this thing I don't need this diagnosis to begin to move forward with my health so I made the decision to work with a contact that I met through my functional medicine training. I had developed a friendship with a wonderful woman, Dr. Lacey Chittle, who had um, an autoimmune condition and fatigue associated with that autoimmune condition, and she was doing well and thriving. And so I had reached out to her and said, I think I need your help. And so we began to work together and... Um, the work that we did together was invaluable. She really just helped me with a lot of my blind spots. So although I was trained in functional medicine, I was trained as a nutritional therapist, I had more than a decade of experience at this point in time. We all have blind spots. We all have the things that we can't see for ourselves. And it takes somebody outside of us to help us see those things. And also 
and you know I learned so much from her professionally because you know different practitioners have got different levels of experience in different areas and different skill sets and it was really expansive for me not just personally in my fatigue recovery but in my own sort of professional growing as a professional so that first year 2019 to 2020 I actually did really really well and I was making progress and um, things were all heading in the right direction but um, at the end of the year for a short period of time about two or three months I ended up living in my mom's flat while she was back in South Africa and at that point in time I didn't know it at the time I think I had another mold exposure so when I was in that flat I just had the feeling like something is not right and at that point in time I started to get really really bad um, diarrhea, IBS symptoms, just started to notice that uh, I was doing some yoga and some swimming and the yoga that I could do before I was just no longer able to do so my post-exertional malaise had um, become exacerbated and um I was in South Africa for Christmas, came back. We all know what happened in 2020. And um, really in 2020, I felt like I went backwards. And I had just put it down to stress because I wasn't aware of the mold exposure at the time. And then I just spent a lot more time doing more functional testing, taking loads of supplements, um, all sorts of things. But really now in hindsight, I can see that if a lot of what I was doing was was maybe helpful. I mean, it did help to a certain extent, but it was almost wasted because of that undiagnosed mold issue. So I was doing things, I was supporting my body, I was, you know, moving forward very, very slowly. And um, I just felt like something was missing. And then through chance, I eventually, I think it was through my business mentor at the time, I started to become a little bit more aware of the nervous system. And um, I decided to do a trauma-informed course so that I could be a trauma-informed practitioner. So that was like a bit of a gateway for me. I did a three-month training um, with Oriana Joy and Will Resin, and um, that was absolutely fantastic. That was the beginning of 2021, and then that got me interested in doing more training around the nervous system, and I decided to then train as a somatic experiencing practitioner. So at the time of recording this, I'm now enrolled in my intermediate year of somatic experiencing due to complete, I guess, the beginning of 2024 that will all be completed. Um, but I have over 100 hours of trauma training to date. So that really helps me to support my nervous system. And I did see a lot of progress from integrating those nervous system practices um, into my day-to-day self-care. I also did brain retraining with Annie Hopper. Um, I did her DNRS program. And I'll share more about my experience with that in another episode. But what I would say is that was really helpful to improve my diarrhea. So I had chronic diarrhea up to 10 times a day 
on and off. Um, it would vary according to where I was in my menstrual cycle, but um, I tried all sorts of like stool testing, spent a fortune on gut supplements. And then it was really just a combination of a couple of gut supplements alongside the DNRS, which really helped me break out of that cycle. Um, so it was personally very, very helpful for me. So all was going well at this point in time um, from doing the DNRS, from sorting out my gut, from supporting my nervous system. I was still taking supplements that I needed for mitochondrial function. And um, by this point in time, I was, you know, hiking. And um, by the end of 2021, I think I did a three hour hike um, with my husband. Um, I was doing uh, lots of a little bit of sauna. So on the southwest coast here, we've got the saltwater sauna, which is um, a sauna on the beach. So sort of in the winter doing sauna and cold plunges, lots of cold swimming. There are a lot of things I was doing to support my body. But then I started to read a book, um, which was called Toxic by Dr. Neil Nathan. And I came across him because I was really interested in the cell danger response. I had been doing more reading around it. And I found a podcast where he was interviewed talking about it. And I just thought he was fantastic. So I read his book, Toxic, which is all about mold. And after reading this book, I thought, oh, I'll read this because it might be useful, um, you know, for my clients, for me to understand. And when I was reading this book, I thought, I'm not like a really sick person, but I think I could have mold. So at this point in time, I just decided to bite the bullet, do the mold mycotoxin testing, and that came back with three positive results. And by this time, it was March 20, February um, 2022, and I started a protocol to um, basically detox the mold. And that really gave me the big leg up in my recovery. I, you know, I did various things. I did some more gut work um, to help with parasites. I did infrared sauna to help with detox. I did some more um, sort of strict um, or like a seven day liver cleanse protocol. I did a whole bunch of stuff. I won't go into detail with all of it. Um, you can always ask me questions about it if you're more interested. Um, but that was what I kind of say is the overnight success three years in the making, that it was kind of that final sort of nail in the coffin in terms of understanding what I needed to do to support my body. So the big learnings were really all of that nervous system work, which gave me a big leg up. And then the second thing was understanding that even though there's multiple things which kind of push the body over the edge, there's usually some big rocks that we need to move to really get the body out of that threat, out of that cell danger response, so that we can then initiate the healing, recovering and repair. And having the experience with um, finding the, the mold, I do believe that my current home is mold safe, although I've never tested it. Um, but uncovering that there was a mold issue, then addressing the mold issue specifically, and then really seeing how that gave me the next leg up in my journey, because all the other groundwork had already been done. Um, that was a very profound in terms of my um, professional learning as well. And so 
um, the biggest thing when, when, that changed for me when I once I started addressing the mold was the post-exertional malaise. I was finally able to do more than just walking, but to do, do some qigong and then some yoga and then eventually start just some basic resistance body weight training at home and then eventually lift weights, go back to the gym, um, do more swimming. And that's where I am now. And so the final thing I just forgot to say was that I did actually pick up the diagnosis process again. And I was diagnosed in May or summer 2021 with chronic fatigue syndrome. I was referred to a clinic um, occupational therapist um, just to get some support. We had a couple of sessions, but uh, her she sort of said to me, you're pretty much doing everything that, that we would recommend. So you don't really need to keep on seeing us. And I was in agreement. I felt like it had been helpful to have a few conversations, but I didn't feel like there was anything more that they could do for me. So that brings me to where I am now. And obviously over the course of these past few years, as I've been sharing more about my fatigue recovery journey through social media, I've been attracting more and more clients who need help and support with the same. So um, working with various clients, most with chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, others sometimes with just burnout or fibromyalgia, or some people who suspect maybe they have mold or they're not really sure what's going on or they're just tired. Um, it's kind of a very broad range of clients, everything from um, those who are sort of bed or housebound all the way up to those who are quite functional in life but they're just tired all the time and um, and it's been such a rewarding experience to help women or people on the same journey that I've been on and I've also just had the privilege of seeing so much data behind the scenes so most of my clients will do at least one test if not um you know two or three pretty much all of them will do blood work and then maybe one functional test or two or three functional tests. And just starting to notice the trends that come up for people, starting to notice um, you know, what typically is imbalanced, what typically isn't imbalanced, what typically works, what typically doesn't work. And obviously it's different for everyone, but it has really allowed me to develop this framework in terms of what we need to do to support someone who's having a chronic fatigue or burnout experience and so just generally to wrap up I think what's the way that I approach this and the way that I work with clients now is to identify those big rocks what are the kind of root causes or the big things that are stopping the body from accessing healing and that's usually some form of nervous system dysregulation and I definitely notice with my clients there's a lot of nervous system work we need to do together um, but it could also be a toxin exposure like mold mycotoxins but not only there could be some sort of infection going on like a viral infection, maybe a gut infection or parasites or um, SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or something like that. So it's usually some form of microbe, a toxin or a trauma. And then, so we want to support the nervous system. We want to really deal with those big rocks. And then we need to start to support just the general systems of the body. So look at blood sugar regulation, um, you know, making sure that gut health is working well, circadian rhythms, movement, stress management, those kind of basic things. 
and then go into more complex things. So looking at detoxification, mitochondrial function, hormone balance, those other things which um, we can only really start to rebalance once we've got the foundations laid down. And then finally, there's usually a lot of um, behavior and personality retraining that needs to happen. So I mentioned already about my, you know, people pleasing, inability to set boundaries, always wanting to be helpful at the expense of what my body needs. And a lot of that we need sort of coaching or support or um, retraining to really address and really just help people to kind of navigate setting up a life for themselves, which allows them to be well. So that is, I think, enough for today. That is my story. I'm sure there's a million parts that I've left out and will probably come back and wish that I had said or want to add in, but that's it. And I hope that you have enjoyed listening to this today. Please watch out for the next episode where I'll be starting to go much more deeper into that framework that I use to support clients on their fatigue recovery experience. I'll see you in the next episode.